The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary moral and ethical values and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now here's your host, Mike Sherbino. Hey everybody, welcome to Saturday night. Welcome to Open Mic. Glad you're with us. Uh, wow, what a crazy day. And uh, I don't know what it's been like in Buffalo, but I know here in the Niagara region, uh, it was just all of a sudden got really warm, like pulled out the shorts and uh, suntan lotion, and then it clouded over, and then the wind picked up. And uh, my goodness, if you have a toupee, it better be uh, glued on pretty tight. <laughs> I hope you found that funny, kind of humorous. Uh, we got a little different program tonight. Uh, I'm going to fly solo for the first half hour, so lots of time for you to call in if you got thoughts. And then at the uh, bottom of the uh, hour, I've got a, a friend, Dr. John Cleronimus, who's calling in from BC. And he's a research scientist, and he's going to talk to us about uh, the Omicron virus. Uh, he's way up on the charts. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, the, uh, the Minister of Health for BC, will uh, consult with him and his team every week as they trying to navigate what's next. And I thought with uh, the Omicron uh, concern that is everywhere, uh, we need to talk about that. Uh, because I know that that can rob us of our peace. So hey, that's what the subject is today. Well, you know, how do you keep peace uh, at Christmas? And there's lots of things that can happen to steal your peace, isn't there? I mean, it can be the family dynamic, plans not going the way that you want. Hey, I get that. Uh, as by now, you're probably bored of hearing me talk the odd time about my kids and family. But hey, you know, bragging rights. Most of our family are on the West Coast, and we had been looking forward to seeing them on Christmas Day. Some of them have been really impacted by all the flooding. And the roads to Kelowna are uh, like, what do you do when bridges are washed out? I mean, these are just major roads. And that can really throw you for a loop. I think in the same way, we got to talk about what's happened uh, over the last 24 hours in Kentucky with the tornadoes. And our hearts just go out to the people there and what they're going through. Have you ever walked through something like that? I would love to hear from you tonight. But in particular, we want to talk related to the whole subject of peace. And, you know, we sing all those songs uh, about you know, peace and especially the importance of what we celebrate in knowing Jesus, that he is the Prince of Peace. Uh, you'll know that I do broadcasting. I pastor a church, but I do a daily television program across Canada. And then I also uh, do this radio program. And I had one irate person called in and talking about, well, you know, asking the why question. He didn't ask it too politely. And he wanted to know, why is God allowing this? Or why is he allowing that? And he had his own conclusions about who God was. How do you hold up in your own journey when you're full of the question, why? You can be dealing with uh, sickness or financial pressure. There's a lot of things uh, that steal our peace. And you know, as we think about that, I'd love for you to call in tonight. The number is 1-800-684-2848. 1-800-684-2848 or 883-5000. And while we're dealing with a heavy subject, I also want to keep a little lightness in the air because we do need to know God's joy and, and peace as we journey through life. And that's, <clears throat> I'm convinced, for, um, for each of us. 
But I think when we come to the end of life, end of the journey, or at least when we're getting close to it, we look back and say, my goodness, there was a lot of things that stressed me out that really didn't need to. Have <laughs> you found that out? Um, you know, one of the things highlighted by the Christmas season is that none of us enjoy waiting. And the temptation is to get frustrated, isn't it? Uh, we're a generation that's in a hurry. You know, if you're a child, you wait in expectation for Christmas Day and you want it to hurry up. And for those of you who have to cook the big meal, you wait in dread for 30 relatives to come through the doors to consume in 20 minutes a meal that took you two days to prepare. And not the least <laughs> is the disinfecting the house, cleaning cobwebs that have mysteriously appeared since last year when you cleaned. Oh my. And in the season of hope and joy, many of these things that we get so anxious about rob us of our peace. Well, today I hung out with a buddy for a few hours and he was saying that, you know, it was a lot of work for his wife to get the Christmas meal ready and he's looking at buying it and bringing it in. My wife has mentioned because she's had to do a couple of meals already. She said, it's just a lot of pressure and people are looking for pre-cooked because, you know, if I can order in some food that will lift the pressure. There's an expectation that everything is going to be beautiful. You know, the candles will be lit, you'll walk in with the turkey, but then the fear is that if you've ever watched uh, Christmas Vacation, you know, when they go to cut the turkey, it explodes. It's a comical scene, but let me tell you, there have been many, many uh, people who've prepared the Christmas meal that have found that to be a stressful event. And that seems like small potatoes if you're dealing with cancer or if you've got a financial nightmare. Maybe it's a marriage a relationship that has broken up. You know, the church I pastor is called North End Church. And one of the things that has just exploded numerically in the last year has been our food bank. And what equally intrigues me is the number of people that send in prayer requests. Almost uh, 60 to 70% on a given week will send in prayer requests and saying, will you pray for me? And the stories that they share are just heart-wrenching, uh, horrific the challenges that people are going through. And in the midst of all that though, God wants us to know his joy. So is that possible? Or is God just kind of smiling at us and saying, hey, you know what, let me lead you through some dark times. And yeah, you're supposed to sing joy to the world, but really you don't feel like it. You don't want to. And maybe you're shaking your fist at the Almighty. Uh, let's talk about those things tonight. I'd love to hear your stories on you know, how you maintain your Christmas peace. What is it that's anchored you? Why don't you call in tonight, 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. <clears throat> Love to hear uh, what you have to say on that. We've been dealing with so many natural disasters. They seem to be coming like a flood. And people often say to me, do you think these are the signs of the time that Jesus is coming back? And my response has been, I can't say for sure if it's for sure, but what I can say is that God is giving us a wake-up call, that we need to be very careful who we've anchored our trust in and our hope in, who we're walking with. <clears throat> and so many times as we are waiting, you know, in expectation for Christmas Day, I think we wait because we look forward to uh, maybe having that postcard picture we almost think we're like the Waltons, you know, uh, the nice house, the, the, the picket fence, and, uh, you know, the two kids that are perfect. Although I don't remember how many kids the Waltons had. 
I never really watched that show. Uh, I just reference it the odd time because it's, it's kind of the epitome in our mind of, of what really is peace. So how do you find peace? How have you been holding on? What is your secret? I'd love to hear your call tonight, 800-684-2848. That's all our friends in the uh, greater Niagara area and in Toronto. And uh, if you're out there, give us a call in tonight. Maybe you have also a, a, a good Christmas story that you want to tell, a funny story. I'm going to tell one in just a moment. Or if you're in the Buffalo area, hey, all you Buffalo Bill fans, 883-5000, 883-5000. You know, on a lighter note, you know, I listened to Zach Boron as he concluded the last part of his show, and he's talking about the Bills tomorrow, and they're facing uh, Uncle Tom Brady and, uh, you know, that can be an ominous thought. Well, if you're a Canadian and you're in the, you know, the GTA, you're probably pulling for Hamilton because tomorrow we have our big football game, the Grey Cup. And they're playing those boys from Winnipeg. So I've lived in Winnipeg and I know the fans are pretty crazy there. But guess what? Um, I also know that the Ontario fans are strong. They're going to be pulling for their team. And people get anxious. We have anxiety over all sorts of things. And it steals our peace. I don't let a football game steal your peace. But hey, here's a, as we're thinking about Christmas, <clears throat> I want to share with you a Christmas story. This is a true story. Maybe, uh, maybe you got one you want to share with us tonight. But um, if you knew my story... Uh, you know that I'm married to an incredible lady named Terry, and we have five daughters. And what that means is that I am fully certified to make a male observation about women waiting for the baby to come around the eighth month. Folks, things are not all that peaceful. What's the connection? We're talking Christmas. Mary, she's uh, in the uh, final days waiting for a baby. And this guy, Joseph, her fiance, is saying, hey, let's go for a donkey ride for about five days. Uh, you do not want to do that uh, unless you have no choice. So anyways, you know, when I discovered that my wife was going to have her fifth child, it was at that point that I knew I had to destroy the talk I used to give on family planning. But hey, that's just a little side comment. But I remember telling our four daughters that there was another one on the way. And it was at Christmas time. And we thought this would be a great present, uh, a great surprise, and that they would be excited. Now, the oldest was 12 at that time, and daughter number two was uh, 11. And when I shared the news that evening, our second oldest, uh, who not only was 11, but was really big into the sports. You know, you have different kids with different desires for different things. Daughter number two, she was just nutso about every sport and very competitive. And when she heard the news, she looked at us in horror and said, Oh, mom, she's not going to be able to go tobogganing this year or skating. And then she got down on the floor and between sobs, she banged on the hardwood floor with her hands and cried out. She said, how could you let this happen? I don't understand. How could you let this happen? This is an 11 year old <clears throat> talking to us. And at that point, I looked at my wife and said, where's the effect? You know, she has a point. She has a point. <laughs> so what had happened? I hope you're smiling. That's a true story. We see suddenly her plans had changed. Her peace had vanished because all that she had been looking forward to doing with her mom and 
The house we lived at in Nova Scotia was at the bottom of a, a large hill and the kids could toboggan down the hill. It was just a great spot in the wintertime. Lousy if uh, you had a vehicle and were trying to get up the hill, but a great place to toboggan. Learn this, if you want to make your kids happy, try to get a backyard that has a toboggan hill in it. Well, we did that. Um, so I want to remind you tonight that waiting and wanting can steal your peace because you can wait for certain things and you can want certain things. And when you don't get the way, you don't get it the way that you're hoping for. It's just like the anxiety level just increases. And I hope tonight that if in any way I can help ease the anxiety level in your life, it's by pointing you to the person who I call and the Bible calls the Prince of Peace. Matter of fact, I've learned uh, a very interesting statement that has kind of stuck with me for the last possibly 15 years. And it's this, peace comes when I trust God with the pieces of my puzzle. Can I say that again? Peace comes when I trust God with the pieces of my puzzle. And at the heart of the Christmas story, we discover this amazing truth that will impact all of us if we claim it by faith and it springs to life uh, in our hearts. And it's found in uh, the scripture verse, it's found in Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine. And Isaiah 58 is, uh, is a book in the Old Testament. It was written about 700 years before Jesus was born on earth by the prophet Isaiah. And here he's writing uh, the inspired words that God gave him to write. And he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Wow. So as I begin to think about that, how does that impact my peace? Well, very simply, as I turn to the one who the Bible says is the Prince of Peace, I can say, Lord, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I've been dealing with a few things personally that have been really hard to navigate lately. And I found myself saying, Lord, I don't understand this. Why this? Why now? And I find I come over and over again and have to surrender the situation to the Lord. Um, and then I lay hold of a promise. And it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who loved him. Now, isn't that just borderline fantastic? I think it is. So at the end of the day, we all know that our life will end. But how we choose to get to the end is a choice between flying, you know, economy or first class. How is that going to happen? I remember reading about my daughter who was coming to visit me on an occasion. And uh, she said to me, you know, we just got into the air and she texted me. I guess the uh, Wi-Fi was still working, but she was a little concerned. The, uh, the guy behind, beside me was high as a kite. And uh, they are thinking they might turn the flight around and they've moved me up to first class. So I guess that was the bonus, but they're wondering, you know, what will this guy, what could he do? And suddenly the peace of all the passengers is at risk. I've been on a plane when something like that has happened. And you know what happens? We lose our peace because suddenly we realize we are not in control. And so the pilot and those that are making the decisions have to take corrective measures. And could it be that you and I need to take corrective measures in our life right now and say, Lord, I'm going to start surrendering to you. I'm going to invite you to be the Prince of Peace in my life.
We're going to run to the break, but before we do that, I want to encourage you to call in tonight. Um, we're going to talk about a number of things tonight. I'd love to know how you keep yourself uh, in peace. You know, how do you just kind of stay the course in the midst of the storm? What is it that you do? What do you find successful? Or maybe you got just a fun story you'd like to share uh, and about Christmas. We would love to hear that. It always puts a smile on people's face. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbinell. I'm going to be right back after this short break. Are you looking for a fresh start this fall? Looking to grow your faith, find friends, and experience those connecting moments that were snatched away from you by the pandemic? Well, the people of North End Church invite you to join them this Sunday at 10 a.m. Located at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, North End is excited to discover what God's new normal is for them this fall. Dynamic worship, preaching that connects, programs for all ages, and new friends to meet. You'll find that North End is a place where everyone is welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Check out North End Church this Sunday at 455 Geneva Street, St. Catharines, or go to northendchurch.ca. Today, millions of Christians suffer persecution, and the number rises every year. Persecuted believers like Day, a pastor in a secret underground church, have no Bible of their own. Each week, Day contacts another pastor who dictates a Bible passage over the phone, which Day quickly writes down and hides in his clothing. When Day meets with his congregation, they memorize these verses together to sustain them through the week. None of them have a Bible. Persecuted believers are struggling to stand strong. They desperately need the Word of God to provide strength and comfort. They need Bibles. For just $5, you can place a Bible in their waiting hands. And until December 31st, your gift will be matched, and $5 will provide two Bibles. To donate, visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike, or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we'd love to hear you call in tonight and give us your thoughts as we unpack this whole thing of peace. Uh, 800-684-2848 and 883-5000. You know, at the bottom of the hour, in 15 minutes, we got a guest, Dr. John Claronimus, call, calling in. I think you're going to find very insightful as they talk about how in the healthcare professional world they're trying to navigate and make determination for what we do in uh, processing what are the safety standards with Omicron. And with the numbers rising, I said to my wife, you know, when COVID first hit, the where the numbers are at this weekend, that was when they basically shut the province down. And I remember those lockdowns and, you know, I remember driving through Toronto and it was like a bowling alley on the 401. There was just nobody out there. Incredible fear. Well, we don't, are not called to live in fear. And maybe we're going to take a different approach this time as things, the sky looks kind of dark and luminous. But hey, on the bright side, I want to extend an invitation because everybody's looking for what is safe and what do we do at the Christmas time? And none of us want to be locked in. Uh, so I want to give you an invitation. If you're in the GT area in Buffalo, it might be harder for you to come from Buffalo, but you can slip over the border now quite quickly. On December 23rd and 24th at 6 o'clock, 
we're doing an outdoor Christmas. We've called it Hometown Christmas at North End Church. Uh, there'll be carols, there'll be a jazz band playing some of those Christmas uh, favorites as people come in. There are going to be songs, there'll be stories. Um, we're going to, I'll share a short message outdoors. We've got straw bales and we've decorated the place if it hasn't all blown over tonight with this windstorm. Uh, but it's going to be a fantastic evening. Two different nights, the 23rd and the 24th. I hope you think about coming with us. Bring your family. It's outdoors, and if it's too cold, you can sit in your car and listen to the whole program on your FM uh, frequency. Or you can uh, get outside and, uh, and brave the cold with the rest of us. Well, we're talking a lot about peace tonight. And as we talk about peace, I had mentioned that peace comes when we trust God with the pieces of our puzzle. And at the heart of the Christmas story, we find this amazing truth that when we claim it by faith, uh, it just can change the way that we look at life. And as I was reading, it says, it's that scripture in Isaiah where it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But here's this text that really has kind of helped me. It says in the book, in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians, when the set time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption to sonship. Now, what is that all about? Well, let me underscore it this way. I've discovered that waiting and wanting can steal your peace. You know, we're waiting for something. We're waiting for something to come in. I'm kind of smiling. We moved uh, uh, a few months ago into a new home and we wanted to buy two chairs for the house uh, to complement what we already had. We had to wait five months. Like, hello, what's that all about? Is it sitting on some freighter ship out in the middle of nowhere? Just wanted to get two matching chairs. Could that cause us to get bent out of shape? And folks, this is first world problems. Well, it could because it might just not look right if I have to use, you know, the kitchen chair as a substitute. We all think about, you know, different things. We look at it in different ways. But most of us are dealing with far greater things. We're waiting for a son or daughter to come home. I talked recently to a dad, and he talked to me about his kids who had wandered away. Wandered away from, you know, the home. Wandered away from their faith in Jesus. And this dear father, you know, basically is pulling out his hair. He's saying, I don't know what else I can do. He said, we don't have any connection as uh, with my adult children. And so he's waiting. He's hoping that there's going to be reconciliation. Maybe you can speak to that. Maybe you know a story like that. I'd love for you to call in tonight. 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. But when we read that passage, it says, when the time had fully come, one of the things that was happening in the days just before Jesus was born is that the world was waiting. They'd been waiting for a Messiah. They'd wanted someone who would come and solve the problem of world peace. You almost think they were talking about 2021. For the Jews, it would mean freedom from the dominion of the Romans. And they had waited and waited. The last wait had been 400 years of silence since the time the prophet Malachi had made his prophecies that the Messiah would come. 
I don't know, folks. I, I find waiting is pretty hard. I don't even like to take the, the seeds out of my grapes. That's why I buy seedless grapes because I'm in a hurry. I don't want to buy green bananas. I want them yellow. I want it right now. But waiting is tough. And if I don't know where my faith is, here's the reality. It's my faith in God that gives me the choice to relax, believing that his timing is always perfect. Believing that his timing is always perfect. And that's where I have to have faith. Years ago, when I was uh, doing some studies, I had a, a great preacher. His name was Haddon Robinson. He was my seminary professor. And he shared with our class about one of the wealthy givers to the seminary. You'll recognize the name. Her name was Mary Rockefeller. Uh, yeah, that's right, of the Rockefeller uh, fame. It says, one day, a limousine, he said, came to pick her up to take her to the airport. She was traveling with a younger woman that day who was not used to being with the upper class. And as traffic got heavier, the young woman spoke to uh, Mrs. Rockefeller, expressing her fear that they would be late for the plane. She said, worse the effect, this is what Mrs. Rockefeller said to the young woman, that she should relax. She said, the plane will wait for us. After all, I own the plane. <laughs> oh man, I can't, I think of how many times I've been rushing to get to the airport, thinking I'm not gonna make it or a traffic jam delays us. Um, I don't have that luxury of owning the plane. I know there are a lot of these big time uh, preachers and evangelists, and I struggle with that, who own a few planes and whatever. Well, listen, I for one am not. I got a 2008 Honda Ridgeline, and uh, if you call that my means of transportation, then that's what it is. <laughs> but you see, we have a God who not only owns the plane, he owns the universe, and his time is perfect. You see, the phrase says, when the time had fully come. What exactly does that mean? Well, people have been waiting for the Messiah for centuries. So why did God pick a date approximately 2,000 years ago? Why not sooner as opposed to later? Possibly you found yourself saying that to the Lord. Why now? Why didn't you come to my rescue earlier? Why did I have to go through this? Do you remember the brother, the two sisters in the Bible, their names were Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus had died? They were all friends of Jesus. And they said to Jesus, Lord, if you had come sooner, our brother would, wouldn't have died. God, why didn't you work things out according to my time? And Jesus responded that it was for the glory of God that things happened that way. They had no idea that Jesus was going to resurrect him four days after being dead raise him from the grave. And that's why this passage says, when the time had fully come. In the Greek language, it was a picture of a jug that was filled to the brim, right up to the top. You ever do that? When you really get bored, you pour the water in the glass, and then when your mother wasn't looking or your wife wasn't there, you kind of pour in a little bit more to see how much you could get in. And the water kind of arches right over the top of the cup. And then you can find, you can still put a few more drops in. Well, sometimes that's where we're at in our journey. A few more drops if they would only go in. But you see, God's timing was perfect. And what he said, because we didn't, the people at that time didn't know that 
God was orchestrating the events of time to coordinate uh, and correspond to the coming of his son. It was a perfect time. Say, well, how do I know that? Well, let me give you a scripture because you need to hear this tonight in your own journey. So Isaiah 49 verse 8 says, this is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of my salvation, I will help you. It's God's timing. Why was it a perfect time for Jesus to be born? Well, politically, Rome was in charge. And Roman law meant safety and control. There was good communication and transportation for the trip to Bethlehem. There was a spirit also of toleration. They were open to ideas. It was time for God's son to be sent. There was a common language, which was Greek. And communications were good. They didn't have to have bilingual road signs. And socially, the modern world was, uh, the modern age was upon the world. And while there might not have been microwaves or hydro bills, they did know the comforts and luxuries of the time. But in the midst of all their comforts and luxuries, which historians have unearthed in many archaeological digs, they would tell you that the home and family were falling apart. They were dissatisfied with their entertainment. They're even becoming sick of the gladiator fights. And intellectually, emphasis was on education. And this undermined people's faith in many gods. The only answers were found in the Christian faith. And morally, well, the sense of sin was almost non-existent. It was do whatever you need to do to be fulfilled. The goal was to have one child and kill or abort the rest. But strangely, people were bored and without hope. Does any of this sound vaguely familiar? Well, religiously, there was the doubt of the afterlife that prevailed. Emperor worship was common, but people were looking for a man to be their savior. And God sent his son, Jesus. Just the same today. People are looking for someone to be their savior. And we have a savior. And it is Christ the Lord. It's an amazing story. And when I understand that, and allow the truth of the message to embrace me. It can change how I look at life. I think of our friend John, uh, rather Randy Smith, who uh, called in last week, who's dealing with a subject kind of like ALS and what a sickness and what he's going through. And yet his faith is anchored in the Lord Jesus because he knows that God will sustain him. Many of you are going through difficult times. I wanna invite you to call in tonight we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with our special guest, Dr. John Cleronimus, who's going to help us uh, unpack the Omicron variant. Uh, but if you'd like prayer, if you've got a concern, call in 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. You're listening to Open Mic. I'm Mike Sherbinal. I'll be right back after the short break. Today, millions of Christians suffer persecution, and the number rises every year. Persecuted believers like Day a pastor in a secret underground church have no Bible of their own. Each week, Day contacts another pastor who dictates a Bible passage over the phone, which Day quickly writes down and hides in his clothing. When Day meets with his congregation, they memorize these verses together to sustain them through the week. None of them have a Bible. Persecuted believers are struggling to stand strong. They desperately need the Word of God to provide strength and comfort. They need 
Bibles. For just $5, you can place a Bible in their waiting hands. And until December 31st, your gift will be matched, and $5 will provide two Bibles. To donate, visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike, or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Are you looking for a fresh start this fall? Looking to grow your faith, find friends, and experience those connecting moments that were snatched away from you by the pandemic? Well, the people of North End Church invite you to join them this Sunday at 10 a.m. Located at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, North End is excited to discover what God's new normal is for them this fall. Dynamic worship, preaching that connects, programs for all ages, and new friends to meet. You'll find that North End is a place where everyone is welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Check out North End Church this Sunday at 455 Geneva Street, St. Catharines, or go to northendchurch.ca. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey everybody, we're glad you're back with us uh, as we go into the last half of the program tonight. We're going to talk for a little while about the Omicron virus and what we need to know about it. And a good friend of mine, Dr. John Claronimus, is with us tonight. And uh, John is uh, a professor at the, I was going to say, the esteemed University of British Columbia. He's a research scientist. And uh, he is also, and his colleagues, uh, because he's on the board there, uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, who is the the Minister of Health for British Columbia, she would call him on a regular, oftentimes a weekly basis, just to confer about uh, the dangers that are inherent to the uh, population, what are the best choices, and how to move ahead. And uh, so it's with that as a background, I asked John if he could jump on the program, and he kindly agreed to do that. He's calling in from BC. John, I think you're on the line. How are you doing? I am. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I just got thinking, you know, Omicron has just skyrocketed in the last uh, week here. You did a television program with me uh, almost two weeks ago, and the numbers have changed since then. So first of all, I just want to uh, thank you for calling in. And just so that I don't mess it up, just explain a little bit about how you and other research scientists go about interpreting the data and trying to figure out, is this uh, variant... uh, as bad as the other ones or even worse? Yeah, so when we, uh, thanks for the question, Mike. So when we uh, evaluate the data, the data that we're really talking about are uh, population numbers. So it's really the number of people that are infected, uh, the number of people that are hospitalized, uh, and how that uh, changes over time. Uh, And so what we're noticing with the Omicron uh, variant is that it is highly infectious. Uh, It's uh, likely the most infectious um, in terms of its rate of infection. It's higher than the other variants. Um, the good news is that so far, it seems from the data we've been seeing um, that's been published all around the world, really, about this variant is that it's not as lethal. So um, so I think that that is good news. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, but it is. But, you know, people will... People will uh, catch it <laughs> at a higher rate, so it's something to worry about. So, what kind of intrigued me is just a layperson on this one, as I'm trying to read the news and to understand certain things that are skewed. As I've been watching, you know, like everyone else for the last 22 months, uh, 
uh, the hype seems to be even higher. Now, is that just uh, a news thing? Uh, you've said a few things already that kind of de-escalate the, uh, the fear level. Yeah, you know, to, to some degree, uh, we have to be careful when we read the news, <laughs> to be fair, because okay. uh, there's a little bit of a shock factor, right, when, uh, when, uh, when news are being reported. So, uh, and, you know, they'll focus on the fact that Omicron is highly infectious, but they won't focus so much on the fact that it's actually not, doesn't seem to be having as much of an impact in, on, in terms of human health. We, the other thing that um, is kind of missed when we're talking about Omicron is that we're actually in the middle of another wave. We're still in the middle of the Delta variant, right? And that's the bigger problem uh, at this point. So um, I worry more about the Delta than I do about the uh, Omicron variant, especially since we're, the numbers for Delta right now are really high. So a lot of the numbers that we're seeing, like in Ontario, we're back up, as mentioning at the beginning of the show, our numbers over the weekend, uh, you know, 20 months ago, that's when they lock, put us all into lockdown with numbers like we're yeah, dealing with now. Yeah, they really so, did. Now, so uh, if they put us into lockdown back then and we weren't vaccinated, why are they not putting us into lockdown right now? There's less, there's less of a worry now because of uh, the high numbers of people that have been vaccinated. So, I mean, let's be clear that even if you have vaccine, it doesn't mean that you won't get uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty certain to say that all of us, every single one of us, at some point or another, is going to get COVID. I think that's wow. a fair thing to say, right? It's the same thing as saying um, we're all going to get the flu at some point, right? To think that you're going to get through your life without getting the flu is, is actually, you know, it's a little bit silly, really, right? So at some point we get the flu. At some point we're going to get COVID. Uh, but what we want to achieve here isn't whether we're going to get it. We want to read We've been trying to do two things. From the very beginning, we've been trying to make sure that people don't get it that quickly early on because there was no immunity in our population for it. Uh, and it's deadlier than the flu virus. Therefore, if we can slow it down by having all these restrictions and keeping people away from each other and having masks and so on and all, all that, uh, then that would mean that uh, the spread would be lower, the rate of spread, I should say, would be lower, and that means hospitals can handle, um, you know, the the number of people that are in there in terms of their number of ICU, uh, ICU units and so on. Uh, now the strategy is a little different. Uh, we have, uh, it varies across provinces, so we have uh, the majority of people vaccinated, uh, and so there's some immunity in the system. We're all still going to get, um, to some degree or another, we're going to, we're, we're, I mean, we're all going to get the virus. Um, we may get multiple variants over our lifetime, uh, but if, we're, if we've been vaccinated and we have some immunity, uh, even if it's partial immunity, that'll help us, right? So the threat is less in terms of uh, how ill we get right now than what it was. Uh, at the beginning. Okay. <clears throat> no, no, it does make sense. So let me ask you a question. Um, how do you determine how, what's the, the thought process when people are going about, you know, uh, our legislators and our healthcare uh, professionals in determining, you know, the restrictive measures, what are the guidelines that are put in place? Is it just kind of 
like bingo. You pull the number out and say, yep, I think we've gone too far. We're pushing the limit. Let's get through a holiday season, then we'll lock everybody down. Walk me through that because... Yeah, it sure, it sure seems that way. I, I, and to some degree, uh, especially early on, it was a bit of trial and error, right? Uh, people were panicking, and I would say even our health professionals uh, were... The, the learning curve was high, right? And so some of the restrictions may have been tougher, perhaps, than, than what might have seemed reasonable. But um, all that information, all the information in terms of how quickly a particular variant grows in the population, how many people have been immunized. Um, all, all the information ends up, the way it works is it ends up in a mathematical model. We have some fantastic modelers um, in this country. Um, in British Columbia, I happen to know them quite well. I don't know them that well in the other provinces, but I do know we have a lot of expertise in terms of modeling. And by modeling, these are mathematical and statistical approaches that you input this data in there, the current data that we know about this, uh, about any particular virus. And the output that you get from that model is what you can expect in terms of how many people will get it over time. Uh, when will we get the peak? When will it start? Uh, when will uh, it start coming down? Uh, we can see the population response. Uh, to any particular variant over time. And what we've seen is our models are actually quite good at predicting what it will look like. So um, (laughs) if the model shows that in a few, you know, if we do nothing at all, nothing, uh, what will happen? And then if you have masks, what will happen? If you shut down this uh, particular part of society, what will happen? And so on and so on. If you close borders, what will happen? Um, and the discussions that we then have as scientists is what's the least impactful thing we can do <laughs> or what's the <laughs> least invasive thing we can do uh, so that we keep businesses afloat and keep people as safe as possible over the long run, right? And so um, when you put all this information in these models, each time you do it with every, you know, um, then um, you get slightly different outputs. And so then we debate, okay, what do we do now, right? Uh, And so with the Omicron variant, uh, because so far the discussion is because it's not, it doesn't seem to be as lethal, um, you're probably going to see fewer restrictions. Okay, Um, so John, let me ask you another question. And you and I have uh, talked about this before. You're a a follower of Jesus. Uh, You're a Christian scientist. Um, Yep. We've listened to uh, great uh, public figures in our own country, uh, leaders uh, of our country saying they're making the decisions because they trust in science. Uh, do you right. trust in science? <laughs> do you trust uh, in science? Yeah, we Talk talked to me about, about that. Before. It's a, it's a really, yeah, it's a really good question. So, uh, and as I mentioned to you um, on the other program, um, I, you know, I certainly trust in God and I trust in Jesus. That's my primary focus. However, um, when we're, we're, I think it's also our responsibility here as humans to, to help each other as much as possible to actually help each other. And so, um, uh, do I trust any one individual? I don't, I, I can't say that I trust any one individual because you just don't know anything about the individual. And I think we're all broken. Uh, we all have the possibility of sin in us. So to trust one individual is really hard. 
and I don't think it's wise. But the reason I trust in science is because the one thing that scientists are trained to do is to disprove everyone else. <laughs> we scientists <laughs> love doing that, right? They just love it. And um, if they see any data that, or uh, or they'll, you know, that doesn't quite make sense to them, or they'll repeat a study with a whole point of repeat. Uh, the whole point of repeating that study is to try and prove somebody else wrong. So collectively, science works because we don't trust any one person. We trust this back and forth bantering, back and forth pushback that we do um, to get to some level of truth. And of course, you know, the, you know, the reason that it seems to the public that science doesn't quite have it all together is because, of course, our information changes over time. But that's not a bad thing. Exactly. We want to be learning. You know, we would want to know that, you know, the more we're at this, the more we learn and things may change. It doesn't mean that it's wrong uh, at any one point in time. It's just better over time. So, yes, I do trust science. I have, I do have, I've decided that I have quite a lot of faith in science, largely because of how science is done, uh, but not because of any one person, that's for sure. Okay, so you, what I'm hearing you say is you're talking about the rationale, especially with regards to COVID, on how they're making the choices. It seems like it's, it's the collective wisdom of man in trying to make the best choices. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we still have to trust in God because there's so many things when things come unglued, you know, the Titanic still sank. And what happens in those moments when we go from life to death? What happens when the respirator doesn't work or the meds they give us if we do contact the virus doesn't work? Who are we trusting in at that point? And for you, you're saying my hope is in the Lord. John, I don't know what your schedule is. Are you able to hang with us for a couple more minutes? do you have that luxury sure, to? Okay, we got to run to a short break. We've got a caller on the line, and we're just going to invite a couple other people to call in with their questions. It's 800 684 2848 883 5000 to all the folks in Buffalo. Uh, you're listening to Open Mic. I'm going to be back after a short break. Our special guest is Dr. John Claronimus, who's with us tonight. Are you looking for a fresh start this fall? Looking to grow your faith, find friends, and experience those connecting moments that were snatched away from you by the pandemic? Well, the people of North End Church invite you to join them this Sunday at 10 a.m. Located at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, North End is excited to discover what God's new normal is for them this fall. Dynamic worship, preaching that connects, programs for all ages, and new friends to meet. You'll find that North End is a place where everyone is welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Check out North End Church this Sunday at 455 Geneva Street, St. Catharines, or go to northendchurch.ca. Today, millions of Christians suffer persecution, and the number rises every year. Persecuted believers like Day, a pastor in a secret underground church, have no Bible of their own. Each week, Day contacts another pastor who dictates a Bible passage over the phone, which Day quickly writes down and hides in his clothing. When Day meets with his congregation, they memorize these verses together to sustain them through the week. None of them have a Bible. Persecuted believers are struggling to stand strong. They desperately need the Word of God to provide strength and comfort. They need 
Bibles. For just $5, you can place a Bible in their waiting hands. And until December 31st, your gift will be matched, and $5 will provide two Bibles. To donate, visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike, or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're back with us and I'm delighted that Dr. John Cleronimus is with us from BC, research scientist and on the board of UBC. And we're talking about the uh, Omicron virus. And uh, we're going to talk to John. Are you there? I just want to make sure we still got you. I'm still here. Okay, we got Angela's calling in, and Angela, thanks for waiting tonight. Um, what are your thoughts in question? Okay, uh, I have a comment and then a question. Okay. My comment is that I've noticed with the rise of, of the new COVID, or, or any COVID, um, the stores that I've gone into, like the major supermarkets, Costco, whatever, they used to wipe off their um, shopping cart. They right. don't do it anymore. Okay? Well, okay. I'm just wondering if that has something to do with the rise, okay? Because I think that is such a common sense thing that should have been done, like, for years when all the flu problems we've had, okay? So that's my comment. My question is, to Dr. John, is... Um, uh, since uh, the Omicron uh, seems not to be so uh, severe, um, I'm actually scared. I've got my two shots. I'm just worried about getting the third shot because um, I know a lot of people around me have had a lot of bad reactions. And uh, it actually scares me. And I had a reaction after the second one. And, okay. Um, so you're wondering if you should have the booster. While. Okay. Good questions. Great question. Okay, we're going to let uh, Dr. John weigh in on this one. John, sh should they still yeah, that, be wiping that, things that, down? Yeah, I think we should be wiping things down. So the fact that we're not is a bit problematic because uh, we know that uh, you know, the virus can remain active, you know, on surfaces. Uh, so, uh, you know, people are becoming a little bit more complacent, largely because we have, again, you know, we have more immunity in the system, uh, but, uh, but we should be. Having said that, you know, in terms of the booster, um, I think it's a good idea to get the booster. It's not a surprise that we get a reaction to, uh, to, um, um, to a vaccine. That's nothing unusual. Um, the, there are risks to having the vaccine. There's no doubt about it. I can't sit here and tell you there's no risk to having the vaccine, but I can tell you it's very clear uh, by looking at all the data that the risk of uh, getting COVID is a lot higher uh, than the risk of the vaccine. So uh, yes. it's not a matter of whether you're going to have a bit of a reaction. You will. Uh, but that reaction usually is you're going to feel sick, possibly for a day, possibly for two days. You may have aches and pains. Uh, some people feel nothing. 
Uh, but um, depending on the variant of COVID you end up with, it could be serious. Right? May, so, I, um, may I say something? Yeah, sure. Weigh in. Okay. I'm a single woman. I'm a senior. And I've talked to a lot of people around me. And they told me that they're laid up for two days. I yeah. have a lot of stairs in my house. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm all for getting it. I'm all for getting it. But I'm actually scared of getting it because It um, is scary, I get that, yeah. Okay, but when you when you're a single woman you got a lot of stairs in the house and it's sort of like, Okay, if I have a high fever again like I did mm-hmm. the last time Okay. That's why I'm scared, okay? Um, no, no. I, 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 I believe I, I, in I, it. I believe in yeah. taking it. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm actually, right. I'm actually scared because. Um, You're not sure what what the implications? Yeah. Well, you know what? You're raising some great points, and Angela, I just want to encourage you to, as you take this journey. I think John, you've given some good advice. I have another. Uh, relative who's a doctor and his name is John as well. So like we got, is there a doctor in the house? It sounds like it. Uh, he's also said that the booster, uh, it far outweighs uh, the pros, far outweigh the cons. And I think you're saying that as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So Angela. Uh, that, yeah. And I, and I recognize that people will feel it's hard. It's hard for people to feel sick after they have the vaccine. I, I get that. Yeah. So Angela, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, to pray and ask God for wisdom and maybe take some precautionary measures where you have some people around that can help you. Uh, and hopefully this time, uh, the impact will be minimal to none. And, uh, yeah. So thanks for calling in. Appreciate your call and look forward to you calling back again. So John, um, one of the things that I'd like to ask you, I think Angela has raised some very fair questions and I don't want to keep you on much longer. Uh, Talk to me about our mindset. You know, one of the things we read in the Bible is says, you know, I got a guard book was into my mind. So what Angela said, uh, I can hear fear. And that's, you can recognize that. There's a lot of fear with everything in life. Fear wants to rob us of joy. So how do you as a scientist uh, keep a healthy mind? Uh, well, there's no doubt that there's a lot of fear associated with this. And some of the fear is, is uh, real. You know, we should, you know, fear is also a protective mechanism. But, uh, but, you know, sometimes the fear gets a hold of us and it's not very productive. And for me, uh, that's when my faith, my faith in God and Jesus really helps because it makes me realize that, no matter what we're doing, you know, on this earth, um, our um, we're still talking about relatively small things, right? Rel- uh, you know, in comparison to God um, mm-hmm. and God's plan. Um, so uh, it removes, uh, for me, it, it really, just knowing that God is for me and God is there for me. He's surrounding me uh, and he protects me. Um and he won't necessarily uh, protect me from getting the flu or protect me from getting COVID, uh, but he's still there for me. And uh, that just 
removes some of that, some of the fear that is irrational, at least, right? Some of that. Okay. Wow. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the program tonight. Uh, I hope you'll jump back again sometime, and especially when you did it last minute, uh, because that whole fear thing that you're talking about here in Ontario, it's, uh, it's the big news item. Maybe it's the same in BC. You got the fires and now you had the floods and, and then we have Omicron. It seems like a, a Molotov cocktail is oh being mixed up, eh? A lot of different things. But uh, thank you for calling in and say hi to all my good friends in Kelowna, okay? Very well. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, have John. All right. You too. So we've been talking with Dr. John Cloronimus, who is uh, a research scientist with UBC. He's on the board of directors at UBC. And uh, I so appreciate his uh, just being very candid about what do you do as a research scientist when you are a follower of Jesus? Can the two worlds uh, go together? And obviously they can because, you know what, God has given us uh, medical professionals, he's given us people to help us, but ultimately he is the great physician. And that's where we've been going tonight in the program, that you and I uh, have to trust God with the pieces of our puzzle. And you and I can rest in peace when we know about our Redeemer. You know, rest is interesting. Uh, and God invites us to rest in his presence. Let me just unpack this for two or three minutes before we wrap up tonight. I, I think it's key for us. Uh, rest, you know, is something that if we don't get enough of, we can become kind of irritable. It's hard to rest if you have problems or a crisis or things seem out of control. And if I could convince you that your greatest need has been taken care of, would you believe that God will take care of the rest? Our greatest need is for salvation. That is something we can't take care of. Matter of fact, the whole notion of life is one that needs to be reconsidered under the reality that every breath, folks, is a gift from God. Yet God came in the form of a man. That's the Christmas story. He lived as a man to redeem us. And to redeem carries the idea of a slave at the auction block who has no way to buy back his or her freedom. We were sinners condemned to a lost eternity when God in his love purchased our salvation. Says to re the Bible says, and we just were reading it, that he wanted to redeem those under the law. It implies that we're all sinners, that we need to be forgiven. And you know the law is that long finger that points at us and says that we're guilty, that we need to be forgiven. And that until we are forgiven, we'll remain guilty. Who's going to pardon us? And we have a Savior who's done that. You know, I want to encourage you tonight to realize that um, more than anything else, the Lord Jesus is the person, is the one that you can trust to be your Savior, to be your friend. He's the one that wants to fill you with his peace. And I know that uh, as there are potentially thousands of people listening tonight, it's easy to listen in and say, yeah, you know what, I'm not sure. A couple weeks ago, I talked to uh, two young men and the one guy said to me very candidly, I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. How can I be sure? How can I have that peace that passes all understanding? And you know what I said to him? I said, let's, let's start right now. I don't know about the past, but we can start tonight with God, and you can start as well. 
I'd like to invite you tonight just to say a simple prayer that when prayed from your heart to God, when you pray to mean it, He has promised to hear. You can say, Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I'm asking you tonight to be my Savior and my Lord and friend. Forgive me for the past. Fill me tonight with your peace. I am trusting you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, your very presence. Amen. Folks, if you've prayed that simple prayer, why don't you write to me, mike at northendchurch.ca. I have a gift I will send you. The preceding program has been sponsored by Find the Way Ministries.